Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It's Monday, July 3rd. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer. And this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Right Report, your daily news podcast. Today, we've got a special focus on fake news. And it's because I got two emails over the weekend, one from Samantha in Greenville, South Carolina. She saw former President Donald Trump over the weekend at her backyard, as it were, and he was talking all about fake news. I also got a note from Jason in Denver, Colorado, who wanted to know how to better spot fake news and whether or not my CIA training might give him any insights on how to do it. So that is what we are tackling today. Fake news on what is a long week of festivities related to July 4th, America's independence. And that is actually where we start today with fake news, the founding of the country. So let's get started with today's special brief. The name Thomas Hutchinson probably doesn't mean much to many of us today, but if you were in colonial America, boy, it certainly did. He was a graduate of Harvard all the way back in 1727. He became a very wealthy man, then a politician, first in the city of Boston, and then he became the governor of Massachusetts, which, of course, at the time was still under the rule of the British crown. Now, Hutchinson was a loyalist. He wanted to remain a subject of the monarchy, but others in Massachusetts did not, and that included John Adams and his second cousin, Samuel Adams. Now, Sam Adams had many gifts, but one of them that most of us probably knows about is his family's connection to beer, but he had another gift too, and that was a love of fake news. He ran what we might call a, a wire service for news called the Journal of Occurrences. And folks, he would run stories about the British crown or loyalists like Thomas Hutchinson, the governor, but the stories, well, they didn't have to be real. They just had to incite the passions of the people against the monarchy. Well, in August of 1765, Sam Adams had done such a great job at that, had created such a frothy anger at that governor especially, mostly based on fake news about taxes that, regardless, arsonists actually burnt down the governor's mansion. And that led the governor to say later about this mob, quote, they were old men, young men, and boys barely old enough to read All of them jacked up on 90-proof Sam Adams prose, end quote. Well, 30 years later, after the revolution was over and George Washington was finishing his first and only term as president, he wrote in a letter to Alexander Hamilton blaming fake news for one of the reasons that he didn't want to serve any longer. So here's the quote from President Washington to Mr. Hamilton. I have developed, he said, a disinclination to be longer buffeted in the public prints by a set of infamous scribblers, which is just perfect. 
And that is, uh, folks, at the time, the press was hounding President Washington, but it was a press that was really just a bunch of men that supported either one of the two early political parties at the time, neither of which liked President Washington. Right? And those parties were the Democratic-Republican Party on one side and the Federalist Party on the other. Well, for the next 100 years, we would have many more cases of fake news, usually of men battling for power and political influence. It wasn't just directed at President Washington, lots of others. But by the late 1800s and into the early 1900s, this fake news took on a new flavor, and it was all about the money. Right, there were two men who were fighting for dominance in the newspaper business at the time. One was a guy named Joseph Pulitzer, which is where we get the so-named Pulitzer Prize. And then on the other hand, we had a guy named William Randolph Hearst. Right, both of these guys had dueling newspapers in places like New York City and St. Louis and San Francisco. Now, here's something interesting that you might not know about these two men. Both were Democrats, as we would call them, progressives, actually. But they were also ruthless businessmen beyond their politics. They were in vicious competition with each other to build their readership to make more money all through ad revenue. So to build their readership and take and make more money, they started, uh, well, stretching the truth, like fabricating interviews with experts or telling half-truths about some pretty sensational crime stories. And most especially, they would put out misleading or frightening headlines to push readers into believing or disbelieving whatever their particular agendas might have been. In other words, that era launched something that we now call yellow journalism or fake news. As one great example of this, Hearst actually sent down a uh, correspondent to the country of Cuba to cover the revolution there that was starting in 1895. But the correspondent actually cabled back to Hearst, saying that there wasn't much of a war to speak of, not much to cover, and he wanted to come home. To which Hearst told him, quote, you furnish the pictures and I will furnish the war, end quote. In other words, quite brilliantly, Hearst is saying here that he's going to force the public and our politicians into a war all based on his media influence. He just needed the props to do it. Well, a couple of years later in 1901, Hearst went even further. In fact, too far, a lot of folks now say. One of Hearst's newspapers asked readers to consider the benefits of assassinating then U.S. President McKinley. Right? You see, some background here. Hearst had run for office a couple of times on his own, largely failed. So whether it be because he was upset about that, you know, his own personal politics and jealousy, or because he was trying to sell more newspapers, he ran that article of killing McKinley. Well, not long after that, in September of 1901, an anarchist followed through. He assassinated the president. Many people at the time blame Hearst for that death and his fake news. Well, then about 50 years later, Americans were introduced to a new form of fake news, supermarket tabloids. The National Enquirer, of course, was one of the first. Many of us know that one. Other magazines like Star, they got into the action too eventually. But regardless, both did so because they found a market for it, right? People loved the, the sensational, usually fabricated stories of scandal and especially Hollywood gossip. In fact, editors at the time said that they focused on telling bad stories of celebrities, right? Hardships and losses and disasters. 
And the idea was that it would create drama that the readers would just love to hear about, especially as they were waiting in line at the grocery store to check out. They had nothing else to do. Well, for about 50 years, these tabloids dominated fake news and made lots of money doing it. In fact, when the National Enquirer was sold back in 1989, it fetched $412 million. Now, so far, folks, we have covered briefly the history of fake news, right, going all the way back to the 1700s with a pretty clear focus on party politics or personal power and money. But there's something else that I just mentioned that we should talk about. Right. From the yellow journalism back in the 1800s to the celebrity tabloids in the 1950s and beyond, there's a market for this stuff. In other words, Americans are buying and sharing this. Why, though? Why do we do that? Why do we gravitate towards fake news? Well, we are going to talk about that right after our first break of the morning. So enjoy the following messages from our sponsoring partners, remembering that if you don't hear my voice telling you about a product or service, then I do not endorse it. We'll be right back. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Welcome back to The Right Report and today's special brief on fake news. Well, so far we've covered the history of fake news going all the way back to the 1700s. And we've talked about the people who give us the fake news, right? The owners of the tabloids, the newspapers, right? They're doing it, folks, for money or power or both. But there's one thing that we haven't covered, right? Because it seems as though there's a market for this fake news. In other words, we buy it willingly. And in fact, there's data to back this up. In a survey a few years ago by the Pew Research Center, they found that 23% of us actually admitted that we consumed and shared fake news even when we knew it was fake news. So <laughs> what is the reason for that? Well, psychologists will tell you that people tend to spread fake news to spread lies and actually enjoy it for a couple of reasons, but the two most applicable, I think, are these two. First, humans, we just like to impress each other, right? So if, we, if we've got some gossip or breaking news, it doesn't matter if it's actually true. We share it to feel more important, to get accolades on how we were there first, or perhaps more knowledgeable and special in some way. Second, psychologists say that we tend to spread fake news or enjoy it, even lie about it, because... Oh boy, here it comes. Some people actually experience pleasure in knowing that we have deceived other people. We just enjoy being little devils, born troublemakers, folks. But putting aside those rebel rousers, psychologists and frankly common sense tell us that not all of us spread fake news or lies because of malintent. Instead, we just don't take time to make sure that what we're sharing is actually real. And to understand that, let me tell you something now that you might not know. According to a survey from the American Press Institute, 60% of us, 60% of Americans, never read 
past a headline. Right? That means that a headline is about as far as most Americans are going to go in consuming and understanding their news and their world. Let's just take a recent example of that. During the 2016 presidential campaign between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, there was this great analysis done by an organization called the Dataface. And they looked at headlines and how America's media outlets handled all of their headlines related to being either pro or anti-Trump or pro or anti-Clinton. And what they found was this. Liberal outlets like the New York Times and Washington Post were deeply anti-Trump and overwhelmingly pro-Clinton. Meanwhile, conservative outlets like Fox News were more pro-Trump and anti-Clinton. Now, I, su I suspect that that's not going to be especially surprising to us. In fact, as we have covered this morning, you know, America's political bias and bias in the media, that goes all the way back to the 1700s in America. But here's something else that is very interesting in this data set. Right? The folks at Dataface found that liberal outlets actually covered Donald Trump more often than Hillary Clinton. A lot more, actually. But why? Why would liberal media outlets pump out these headlines and content that is overwhelmingly about Trump instead of saying nice things about Clinton? Well, in a word, money. And to understand that, consider this analysis done by The Atlantic magazine. In the first 100 days of Trump's presidency, the liberal MSNBC TV network grew more than 50% in its viewership. CNN, they had double-digit growth too. Meanwhile, Fox News announced its best quarter of viewership in cable news history. But it wasn't just TV. Right? Newspapers that had been on the verge of financial collapse because they had a, a lack of revenue from ads and subscriptions, well, suddenly these folks sprung to life. Right, the liberal New York Times, as an example, they announced record growth of their digital subscriptions. Other liberal outlets like the Washington Post and uh, Boston Globe did too. In other words, media owners knew that Trump was a draw, right, a big one. And just like Hearst and Pulitzer back in the 1800s, there was big money to be made in that big Trump draw. And so the headlines became about Trump flowing like a spring rain. My goodness. Well, we have covered a lot in a pretty short period of time this morning, haven't we? Let's actually recap what we've talked about before we move on. So first, folks, fake news is not a new phenomenon, right? It goes back to the founding of this country. In fact, before the country was even founded, right? We learned about Sam Adams spreading fake news about the British loyalists in Massachusetts. Second, we've learned that media owners and editors, they profit from fake news, right? In the late 1800s, for instance, we learned that Pulitzer and Hearst used yellow journalism to gain power and push their politics and make a ton of money or a combination of all three. Finally, some of us <clears throat> actually kind of like fake news, like a supermarket tabloids, and we like that stuff and we spread it because either we're just a bunch of little devils who enjoy deceiving people or feeling important, or we're just really busy and we read uh, only the headlines spreading fake news on accident. So that leads us, I think, to the final questions of the morning. Questions that were prompted by Jason in Denver, right? How do we spot fake news? Right? Can we stop it? And might any of my CIA training help us as we try to do this? 
Well, we are going to talk about all of that right after this next break. Remembering that if you don't hear my voice on these next messages, folks, I don't endorse it. We'll be right back. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Welcome back to The Right Report, talking this morning about fake news. So let's consider what Jason in Denver asked of us. How do we spot fake news? Uh, Can we stop it? And can we possibly leverage Brian's CIA background and training to help us? Because, yes, it is true. The CIA absolutely has a history of spreading fake news and propaganda all around the world. All right, for those sets of questions, let me now pivot pretty firmly from facts and data to my analysis and opinion. First, let's start with this. In my view, it is impossible to stop fake news, right? Part of that belief is based on history with even our founding fathers engaging in this stuff, right? In other words, we can't stop it because as it turns out, well, humans kind of like fake news. We're drawn to it. We like to consume it and share it, you know, gossip about it. And until the you know, robots take over, human behavior is not going to change. And that doesn't mean, though, that we can't or we shouldn't try to be better, you know, rise above our animalistic tendencies. So let's talk about ways to do that. I'm going to give you three ways to spot fake news and make yourselves a little less biased, a little more informed. So first, when you're reading or listening to news, right, push yourself to go beyond the headline especially on critical issues. Read the whole article, for instance, beyond the headline. Maybe even do your own research. Second, pick news outlets on the left, right, and center because mixed in there somewhere is the truth beyond all the editorializing. Now, I mentioned leftist outlets like the Washington Post and New York Times. Read those, sure. Meanwhile, conservative outlets that I like include Fox News, The Federalist, The Daily Caller, the Daily Wire, and the Post-Millennial. Read those too. Now, as for centrist outlets, well, there aren't many of these, but the Wall Street Journal, I think, is pretty much the one that fits closest to that bill. Now, some might say that uh, wire services like Reuters or the Associated Press or the AFP might be a centrist way to get your news. Well, historically, that tended to be true, but unfortunately, over the past 10 years or so, Fact-checking organizations uh, organizations rather have found that those are tending to lean left as well now. So that means go ahead and consume them. Just know their bias going into it. In other words, folks, get a mix of news and then use your critical thinking and reason skills to decide what's truth and what's just spin. Right, and that takes us to our third way to pick out fake news, and it involves my CIA training. It was when I was taught to focus, ladies and gentlemen, on the emotion of surprise. Let me explain. The CIA taught me that while running operations and, and working with my various human sources, I should watch very carefully for when I experience the feeling of surprise. Because what the mind is telling you in that moment is that you started with a belief 
or an expectation or a bias. But suddenly you've got new information or experiences that are challenging those original beliefs. And here's the point. The new stuff, it seems credible or at least possible. And because of that, your mind is sort of taken aback. You're surprised. Now, in the world of the CIA and human operations, that usually means one of two things. First, something bad is going on, like an agent or an asset all of a sudden has, you know, new kinds of information or new placement and access, but they shouldn't. It's almost too good to be true, meaning usually in the world of espionage, you might have a double agent. But it's not always bad when you're surprised. You know, for instance, maybe your agent is telling you that they've got a, uh, say, a, a new travel pattern, right? They're going to a, a new country that, as it turns out, you are very interested in, right? That comes as a welcome surprise. It's a new set of operational possibilities. But either way, the point is that you recognize the feeling of surprise and you use that moment as a, a stake in the ground. And you say to yourself, I need to ask more questions. I need to learn more about this, right? Well, that idea about surprise, the importance of surprise, that's true for fake news too, right? When you hear or you read something that makes you surprised, it generally means that your baseline belief or your bias is being challenged. So in that moment of feeling surprised, take the time to reflect on whatever caused you to have surprise. Do some research. Now, maybe as you do that, you learn, well, actually this new information is correct and you're wrong. Or maybe as you do that research or you look into it further, you realize, nah, that new stuff, that was just hogwash. But the process of figuring that out, well, you become your own fact checker. You learn to spot fake news. At least that's the hope. To be fair, it does not fix uh, those of us who are little devils and just like spreading the fake stuff for fun. No pointing fingers this morning, but uh, you know who you are, little devils. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.